You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning, good morning. For joining us online, good morning. Isn't it good to be in church? I find it really encouraging when I come up here in that moment. I just hear everyone talking and chatting. It's just, it's a really great moment for me as a pastor to hear the congregation love each other. Perhaps even like each other would be enough, but it's, it just feels more than that. It feels more than that. Well, this morning I, um, I'm going to share a message with you in the Ways of, our Jesus, the Ways of Jesus series called Faith. Um, the Ways of Jesus, Faith. So let's look at the definition of faith from a, from a dictionary point of view. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And secondly, a strong belief based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. And I think it would be fair to say today that Jesus is the ultimate example of faith. He exhibited faith in every miracle, every interaction, every teaching moment with his followers. He had complete confidence, trust and faith that God would do that God would move according to God's perfect will. In fact, Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew 6. and He encourages us to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In verse 10 of Matthew 6, it says, we pray that your kingdom will come. This is Jesus teaching us what we should pray for, how we should join with our complete trust and faith that what you want will be done here on earth the same as it is in heaven. The ways of Jesus, it's about learning to believe that God will do what he has spoken. Complete trust. It's, it's prayers like this that we need to learn to believe and have trust in, that God will do what he says he's going to do. One of the values that we have as a church uh, is faith. It seems biblical to me, so I thought it would be good to have it as... as <laughs> it seems reasonable to me as well that, that we, could, we could do that. So that value, faith, we've characterised it like this. We have big faith that believes what he says and activates what he's saying. It's a complete trust statement that we believe that God has a plan, God has a will, and we want to agree with it and see it activated here on earth as it is in heaven. And throughout the Bible, we catch this glimpse. Just going just gonna to say on that, that faith value, you might say, like, we have big faith. Once I finish this message, you'll be like, we do have big faith. It may not feel like it at times, but we do, as the body of Christ, have big faith. And throughout the Bible, we catch this glimpse, this Glimpse after glimpse of faith being modelled and activated. Jesus heals a blind man. Faith is activated. Complete trust that God's going to come and perform the miracle. Jesus heals a paralysed man. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus tells Peter to fish again. Jesus tells Peter, Peter to walk on water. Jesus goes to the cross and rises again on the third day. Now that's some faith activated right there. Jesus meets a woman of the well. Jesus heals the ear that was cut off by one of his disciples. There's some trust that God's going to take care of, care of things. See, Jesus is always 
activating and moving in faith in these examples that I've just mentioned and many more examples in the Word of God. He uses the teaching moments that he has with his disciples to activate faith and hope in others that God can move in their life and in their world. And it's an invitation that he gives to people in these moments to come and be part of it. The invitation for each of us today is to come and be part of the activated faith that God has for us as a church. You know, in Hebrews 11, it paints this picture of faith. If you've been in church a while, you have probably read through this. But if this is the first time you're hearing this, I, I, I want you to just listen into the Word of God today. God wants to teach us some things on, on faith. If you've been in church a long time and you think you've got it nailed down, join me today in opening your heart, saying, God, speak to me fresh again. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. May not be able to see it, but we've got this assurance, this hope inside of us that God's going to take care of what he says he's going to take care of. I want to encourage you today that God has a perfect plan and will for your life. And he's calling you and I to begin to agree with that, to activate our faith, to agree that I'm joining you, God, in the perfect will that you have for my life, the perfect will that you have for my family the perfect will that you have for my workplace, the perfect will that you have for my career, the perfect will that you have for every aspect of my life. And I want to encourage all of us as we begin to activate, let's pray that prayer that God's kingdom will come in our lives, that God's will will be done in our our lives. Sometimes I think we can get caught in a bit of a rut of going, gee, I hope this works out okay. We may not necessarily be doing that, but it's not too far from it. Let's activate our faith and say, God, I believe that you have a plan and a will and I'm praying right now, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I guess what I'm saying is let's not take a back seat on seeing his kingdom come and his will be done, amen? We can't do it. We can't make it happen. It's his will, but we have to activate and step into it at the same time. That whatever God wants wants done will be done. I want to encourage you to learn to grow in the same confidence and the same hope and assurance that Jesus had, even when you can't see it. After all, isn't that the example that Hebrews 1 teaches us? Even even when we can't see it, it's like I'm, I'm going to grow in faith and hope. I'm going to grow in confidence and assurance that I can't see what's going to happen, but I'm going to join my faith to it and believe that God's plan comes to pass. Now, Hebrews 11 goes on to commend and tell us the many that have gone before us, those who have committed to activating faith, committed to confidence and hope and assurance. It goes on to say in Hebrews 11 in verse 2, it's like this, this is what the ancients were commended for, those who have gone before us. We're going to do some reading out of the Scriptures today, and it may feel a little bit long, but I, I need to encourage us today that, There are people who have gone before us and activated faith. And sometimes, particularly over the past season that we've been through as Christians, it has literally felt like there's a lot going on and our faith has been challenged, our vision has been challenged, 
being able to see God's will being established has been challenged. And we need to look back at people who have gone before us. And we need to have our faith stirred by seeing what God has done in the past so we can commit to what he wants to do now and in the future. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Verse 4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. The works that God has commended, amen, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away before before he was taken. He was commended as one who pleased God. Enoch had faith activated in his life because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah was warned about things not yet seen. It's the things that we can't see that we don't understand. God speaks to us and we I'm going to commit with assurance that God is going to take care of this. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. I mean, let's pause for a moment, isn't it? It's strange, isn't it? It's never rained before. Precipitation has never come from the sky before. What is a boat? It's like a Canadian saying about, right? Dad jokes. It's never happened before. You mean someone coming to you and saying, this is going to happen. It's never happened before. This is going to happen. You need to do this. You need to see a specialist. Because it's that, it's real like, it's so far out there that it's like, Sometimes God speaks to us about putting things in place in our life that we've never done before, never seen activated in our family before, never seen activated in our generation before. Sometimes we have to step out in faith. We can't see it. We don't understand it. But we have to go there if he's calling us to it. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. It's because of Noah's obedience that we're here today. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to, the, to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Sometimes the place that God will lead you, it's like, this feels awkward. This feels strange. I don't feel like I'm meant to be here. But if God has called you, your obedience will make way for the promises to come to pass. By faith, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. As I was just ruminating on that scripture, that specific scripture, verse 10. And the first thing that came to my head is like, you know, God was... There was a promised land, there was a promised city, there was a place where a temple was going to be built. And then I, and then I just flipped forward into the New Testament, like the temple that was being built was in here, in each and every believer. 
that even the things that Abraham couldn't see, that he'd hadn't, he hadn't been filled on the information, but he had faith for the future about what God was going to do. Jesus came, went to the cross, was buried, rose again on the third day. And because of that, the foundation is Jesus Christ and he's built his church, he's built his temple, his tabernacle in each and every single believer. He dwells with us. Who would have thought that all those years ago by faith stepping out that it would lead us to here today? The ancients that have gone before us. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. God is faithful to the promises that he makes for you. Maybe there's promises that you're holding on to and you're like, I don't see it happening. I can't see it. Take faith this morning. Learn to have complete trust. Learn to step into the assurance that God is going to take care of his promises and so from this one man, Abraham, and he as good as dead, came descendants. He was old when he had children. Came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. We are descendants of Abraham. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't give up. They persevered. They hung in there. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. What does that mean? They're so focused on what's happening back there where they used to be. But, but no, they chose to look forward to what God was calling them to, what he was calling generations to generations down the line that have led to us in this moment and will continue to those who are to come after us. Instead, they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. See, their faith, it was generational. It was generational faith that led to Jesus being the saviour of the world. Each person in every single generation led to that moment where God sent Jesus to be the saviour of the world. Verse 17 goes on to speak at how Abraham was tested by God and offered, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. But verse 18, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham responded that reason that God can even raise the dead. God is a faithful God. I have complete trust in him. And regardless of what happens, he's going to take care of it. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when, he was, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. He was looking forward to what God wanted to do. Faith for the generations to come. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict because there was faith in their hearts for what God wanted to do in the moment. What's God stirring in your heart? What, what faith is he stirring in your heart for you, for your family, for our city? By faith, when Moses had grown up, refused to be known as 
the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So when faith builds in your heart, you'll step out and choose what God's best is, what God's will is for your life. Verse 29, 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So when you've got faith in your heart, God, God will move and perform a miracle in your life and for the lives of others as well. You know, sometimes we can get so caught up in the troubles of life, the difficulties of life. But when you step out in faith, God will make a way for others around you as well and take care of you. But sometimes when all we see is troubles and we, we let our head sort of sink down towards the ground, it stops us from, from activating faith and seeing what God wants to do. We may not get the full picture, but when he speaks to you and says, it's time to stand up within your family and it's time to put some things in place for yourself. Just start with that. Testim- that that's my testimony this morning. You know, 12 months ago, God's like, there's some things that you need to put into place, Lee. But there's a lot going on, Lord. There's COVID and there's COVID and there's just a little bit more COVID. I, I don't know. How can I see past these troubles to put these things into place? Just a little bit of faith is enough. Just a little bit of activation is enough. Just a little bit of encouragement from people around you as you're stepping out of that is, is, is enough. 12 months is a long journey and we're still in the journey, as, as you know, myself and Naomi, as a family. But, but just a little bit of faith and a little bit of activation, it's remarkable what God's faithfulness will do. He has a will for family. He has a will for you. He has a will for the people in your world. And sometimes you just have to step up to the plate with a little bit of faith and see what he does. Did we have a picture of what that promise was going to be over a 12-month period? Absolutely not. I felt like I was building an ark and I didn't know what rain was. (laughs) But, but just a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Her faith and belief that God was at work. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson. I haven't said this word in a while. Jephthah. And David and Samuel and all the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength. Can I encourage you? Those things you see as weakness, God can turn them into strength. Areas in your life where I'm not spiritual enough, I'm not emotional enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm, I, I, I buckle under pressure. God can turn those things into a strength. What, what is God in the business of? Raising dead things to life. Those things that you see as weaknesses and dead, He can raise them to life. It just takes a little bit of faith. Just turn your disbelief into a bit of trust. Just turn your, I'm not sure, you know, I'm assured through the Word of God that He's going to take care of this, even though I can't see it. 
I know that he will complete it because he is faithful. Through faith, through faith. Can I say it one more time? Through faith. Let's go to verse 35. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even the chains of imprisonment. There's still going to be troubles, but we have to activate faith. Still going to be challenges, but we have to activate faith. Verse 39. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Hang on, say what? Their faith made way for the next generation. And the next generation's faith made way for the next generation. And the next generation's faith made way for the next generation. Did God do good things in their time? Absolutely. Absolutely. The Israelites were released from imprisonment for 700 years in Egypt. Yet that happened on on their time. But the promised land that came next, many of them them got to see it from a distance but never stepped into it. I don't know about you, but if I, in this time that we have now as a church, as, as a body of Christ, if I can get a word from God and I can see something in the distance and we can put things in motion as a church right now to see them happen, even if I don't get to sit in the seat in that new thing, even if I don't get to invite people into a foyer of a new thing, but I get to see the next generation getting ready to step into it, I'll take it. I'll take it because it's for the next generation to be able to reach out to our city and the people that need to hear about the goodness of God. Amen. The faithfulness of God. They were all commended for their faith. Since God had planned something better for us that only together with us would they be made perfect. It's us all joining together throughout generation that we see the perfection begin to take place. Generations commended for their faith. They chose to activate faith. Rather than letting disappointment creep in, rather than sort of feeling disenfranchised because I thought by now, I thought like it's like I'm 80, I thought by now like I'd have at least one kid. Oh, I'm 90, I thought by now, oh, it's too late. No, no, no. God put a word out. God said, His kingdom come, his will be done. And so for all of us today, they held on to the assurance of God about what they couldn't see. What's God calling you to activate by faith? What do you need to apply his confidence to? Not your confidence, his confidence. I'll just, all I've got is a a little bit of faith, but I'm going to, apply his confidence to the situation. You may not see the outcome in the natural, but what can your agreement be? What can your commitment to it be? What could God do in your life? What could God do in your family's life if you could utter the words through faith? Through faith, I'm believing that God's making a way. I can't see it but I believe it through faith. I believe his promises are true. I believe he's calling my loved ones back to him. And through faith, it will happen. Through faith, they're coming home to the Father. Miracles are happening. Through faith, provision is being made. 
Through faith, people are finding salvation. Through faith, the next generation are rising up. Through faith, space is being made to take care of the generations to come. For all those who went before us in Hebrews 11, they often, we, we heard it just then, they didn't get to see the things. They maybe saw it from a distance, but they didn't get to partake in it. The next generation did. The next generation after that did. The same can be said for the many people who have been part of Gateway Church since 1984. They're part of the faith journey of generations that are to be commended for their faith. Many activated their faith. They committed with confidence and hope that God would do a great work. They tithed, they gave generously, they, they sowed into the generation through generations through Sunday school and youth and young adults and small groups and building funds and whatever it took. Many of them who activated their faith, they, they never got to see the promises fulfilled. But we, friends, today are sitting in one of the promises that they saw from a distance. We, we, are, get, we are sitting in their faith that was activated. Their faith to have a, a church home where salvations could begin to fill it. Their faith for those who were going before them to see a building with, they never got to see the 15 acres. They never got to see the building on it. They never got to see the five acres down the road. But their faith was activated for it. They never even saw that you would be part of the next generation. They never saw that you would be part of the next generation to dream, to believe, to to learn faith, to activate faith so that more hearts could be filled with the hope and salvation of Jesus. But they committed to it faithfully. See, you being here today is a result of faith-filled people believing for generations to come. And I, I want to welcome you to, to join the long line of those who have believed through faith. See, often, often when we think about faith, we just, I, I just need faith to believe that that bill will be paid or I need faith to believe that I can upgrade my car because it's not going to pass roadworthy or I need faith to be, it's for things. But I want to invite you, I want to welcome you to join the long line of those who have believed through faith for the things that God wants to bring from heaven to earth, to be established. I say this over every single one of us. It's your turn. It's your time to believe through faith for God's will to be done, for for hearts, for all mankind to hear the good news of Jesus. You know, Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 goes on to say, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We don't have to come up with it ourselves. Faith was imparted into us, but Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. 
other versions go on to say, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Let's just, let's tap into the ways of Jesus for a moment today. How do we join with those who have gone before us? How do we have boldness and confidence to to strip off every weight that slows us down? Let's ask the question today. This is just for you to ask internally right now. What what are the weights? What are the weights that could be holding, holding you back from running that race with endurance and allowing Jesus to perfect faith within us? It's easy to see things like unbelief. Oh, it's my unbelief. It's easy to see things like time management. It's my time management that's that's slowing me down. But it's harder at times to own the sin that trips us up. Addictions to coping mechanisms, codependence, food and drink dependencies, plus so many other weights and practices that may lead us to sin. See, when we strip those things off, the the things that are harder to own sometimes, when we seek healing, when we seek forgiveness, when we enter into prayer around those things and we're honest before God, it helps us to follow Jesus and to follow His best way for our lives. How do we do it? Well, we look to Jesus. We keep our eyes on Him. How do we do that? Prayer, worship, Bible reading, focusing on Him, discipleship, forsaking practices that take us away from Him. So the ultimate encouragement for all of us today is that Jesus is the champion and pioneer who initiates and perfects our faith. It's it's Him. Because imagine if we had to do that by ourselves. I don't have enough time to wash my car let alone initiate and perfect my faith, then that Jesus activates that inside of each and every single one of us. Because of the cross, because of the burial and resurrection, so when you follow and believe that Jesus is your Saviour, He dwells in you, He, he initiates and perfects your faith. It's ongoing. It's not a one-off moment. He perfects ongoing. The faith that I had a year ago is different to the faith that I've got today. The dreams that I have today are different from the dreams that I had a year ago. The vision that I have today is different. Why? Because He continues. He continues to perfect it and renew it in us. See, all He needs is for you to agree to activate faith. In Galatians 2 verse 20, it says, I'm not the one living now. It's Christ living in me. I still live in my body, but I live by faith in the Son of God. He is the one who loved me and gave himself to save me. See, Christ is the one who initiates the faith. I've got so many testimonies that I don't have time for this morning about those moments where I just activated a bit of faith, just a bit of faith. Faith moments where... In our, in our marriage, at the beginning, just taking steps of faith together as, as a husband and wife. Challenges, you know, you talk about saving for a deposit for a house. It's always been a real thing in every generation. But for, for those of us who have had to take this journey, where you, you save up your deposit and you're almost ready to go, and God's like, I just need you to give that away. Well, come again? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, 
you took care of me and I had faith that you were going to bring provision into my life so that we could buy a house. Like, I just, I really, I need you to put that towards that. That's going to have eternal impact in somebody's life or in the kingdom or in. Okay. It's a challenge, but okay. Faith moments of building a family home. Where it's like, in the natural side, I cannot see how this is going to happen. Everything in the natural points to this can't happen. Okay, God, we're just going to step out and believe that, that you can see the plan even though we can't see it. Faith moments around our children, raising our children, putting godly practices in place and dealing with things in our own hearts and my own heart so that I can be better for my kids. Steps of faith, faith, faith moments. God initiates it. Jesus perfects it, amen. Moments of faith been activated. See, when Jesus stepped out to heal, provide, teach, it was in complete trust of God's will. You know, like I said before, we've got big faith as a church that believes in what he says and activates what he's saying. He goes on to say in the, in the scripture in Luke 17 verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be up, uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Has anyone ever seen a mustard seed? For those of us that like to cook curry, you've probably seen a mustard seed. They are so, so small. So small. Like ridiculously small. Smaller than a grass seed. And yet what it grows into is huge. Jesus says to us, Faith as big as a mustard seed is enough to move something in the heavenlies. Sometimes we look at our unbelief and it's like, I've tried this before and it didn't work. I've tried to be a better parent, a better friend. I'm just not good at it. And sometimes we can side with unbelief. I want to encourage you today. Our big faith at times, is as big as a mustard seed. <laughs> and Jesus says, that's enough. That's enough. Just as we come to a close this morning, I, I want to encourage you with this passage of Scripture from James 1 verse 3. It says, you know that when your faith is tested you learn to be patient in suffering. Sometimes the waiting is the suffering. It's like, oh Lord, could it go for any longer? But I want to encourage you, when your faith is tested, God is developing patience inside of you. He's developing faith inside of you. He's developing trust inside of you complete trust complete trust
And my encouragement for you, whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, my encouragement is for you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your faith walk. Don't give up on your relationship with God. Don't give up on believing for the promises that God's already spoken into your heart. Don't give up. It's been, a, it's been a long season and a tough season. Don't give up. Don't give up. God's just getting started. God's just getting started in your life. You know, maybe you've been in church a long time. You've seen lots of things happen in, in the life of church over your many years of being in different churches. Don't give up. Don't let your disillusionment stop you from stepping into everything that God's got for you. Don't you let your disenchant, disenfranchised feeling inside of you, don't let it stop you from getting involved in a healthy church that's life-giving, that brings out the very best in you, that spurs you on. Is it still gonna be a challenge? Absolutely, we are people. <laughs> but don't let the challenges of the past dictate the future that God has for you. Don't disconnect from God's body. Don't give up. It's not in my notes, but I just feel strongly this morning that God, God's speaking to some hearts. Don't give up. There is hope. There, there are generations that have gone before us that have gone through exactly the same challenges, and yet we're here today because of their faith. Let's join our faith that may be as big as a mustard seed so Jesus says that that's still big faith. It may only be as big as a mustard seed, but it's still big faith. Let's join it together. Let's close our eyes for a moment this morning. Lord God, we just we thank you for this opportunity to, to learn from your scriptures, to have revelation downloaded into our hearts, whether it's the first time we're hearing it or we've heard it before. I thank you for the fresh revelation that grabs hold of our hearts and calls us and beckons us to follow in the ways of Jesus, that calls us and beckons us to, to go where those who have gone before us have gone, to activate just faith as big as a mustard seed that can grow into something for generations to come, to see your works established and to set up works for the future. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing in individual hearts. I thank you that there's people in this room this morning, watching online this morning, who have been encouraged not to give up, to hold on to Jesus, to, to look to Jesus, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Holy Spirit, I pray that even as we leave this place today, we have coffee and we go back to our families. Holy Spirit, God, I pray, let us take the Word of God in our hearts. Let us hold on to it. God, I just pray for little activations this week, just little activations this week around your Word. In Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen. You know, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you haven't chosen to invite Him into your heart and go on a journey of following Jesus, I, I just want to give, give you the opportunity for that. So you may be watching online today or at a later time. I just want to give 
everybody that opportunity. It's, it's the one thing that God sent His Son Jesus for. It's the whole purpose that those of us who were separated from God, separated from a relationship with God, could be known and loved by God and known as His sons and daughters. That's how much God loves us. He did it through the cross, burial and resurrection. But that, that's the why, because God loves you. God loves you. Just, just close your eyes just for a moment. If, if that's you today and you're like, yeah, I, I don't know Jesus. I'm not on a, on a relation, walking on a relationship with Jesus. But I want to know him personally. I want to be forgiven of my sin and set free to walk into everything that God has me, to be known and loved by God. If that's you today, I just want to invite you. You can pop your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. And then you can, yeah, awesome, thank you. Yeah, awesome, thank you. Is there anyone else? Once you put your hand up, you can pop it back down. Anyone else? Say, so, yeah, I, I, I want a relationship with God. This is what we're going to do this morning, just with our eyes closed. For those who have put their hand up, and maybe even if you didn't, it's not about your hand, it's about your heart. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer after me in following Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you raised Jesus from the dead. I come to you today. Forgive me. I surrender. I turn from my ways and I turn to follow you. From today, God, I'm yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, can I encourage you to grab a Bible on the way out? You know, all of the, all of the things that I said today, in my sermon, like it, it came out of there. <laughs> Everyone's like, thank God for that. That's, <laughs> I was concerned. No, take one home. Ha- have your own. You, maybe you're not a paper person. You can use your iPad. But, you know, if, if, even if you're an iPad person, can I encourage you? Just take one. Just pop, pop it on the shelf. Let it gather dust. No, just, just, just take one because it, it's just good. It's good to have an actual Bible that you can, that you can open up. God will speak to you through this. this. This is what he wants to do, speak to you through it. If you're online, you can go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps. Information about how to follow and connect and all those things.